Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of this podcast. It's the Rotor World Football Podcast. You beautiful people of the internet. As you know, it's the most important podcast in the universe. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. Thank you so much for checking out yesterday's episode with Ray, Rich, and Nick. You all are fantastic. And also, I want to remind you that on Sundays, noon Eastern, we have Rotor World Live. It's myself and Rich for 45, 50 minutes ahead of kickoff. It's hopefully your favorite kickoff show. And we're also bringing on Evan and Ray and Pat every 10 minutes to help you figure out your optimal lineup, to set your optimal lineup, to answer all your questions. You run the show. So again, it's on Rotoworld's YouTube page. Just type that in on YouTube, and then I'll be tweeting it out a lot. And it's also on Rotoworld's Facebook page as well. I have Pat later on, but first up, it is Evan Silva. Evan, I don't want to waste any of your time. Let's get right into it. You have your matchups column up on Rotoworld right now. My question to you is this. I have Emmanuel Sanders in a lot of season-long leagues. A lot of the platforms I uh, have him on are only projecting small amounts of numbers for Emmanuel Sanders this weekend because he's facing the Baltimore Ravens. How do you feel about Emmanuel Sanders as a play this weekend? Wow, the platforms that you are on are projecting him for small amounts of numbers. I... Don't you know? I I think that I know what that means. Okay, small small points in terms of fantasy points. I mean, Evan, I'm trying to put myself, and this is a fair point you just made, but I'm trying yes. to put myself in the shoes of of the majority yeah. of people that will play fantasy football, right? I know. Where they just I see know. the projected points, and then that's yeah. who they decide based on who they're playing. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah. No, I know. I I go through this uh, every day or every weekend with my dad. My dad, like, knows nothing about <laughs> fantasy football, and he's like, well, uh, this guy has 19 projected points, and this guy only has 16. I'm like, no, don't, don't even look at the projected points. Right. Think, I was like, Dad, think back to your draft when last year you won the league and the, you know, the draft gave you a D- minus for, your, right. for you know, the, your, your draft, your actual draft. So you have to ignore that. Please do not look at those projections. I mean, not to call out any some, platforms here. We're just, you know, talking generic. Well, some of them are done by smart people, but Correct. a lot of times they're not even corrected throughout the week. You know, that's a lot to ask from any kind of um, a stat projection service. Anyways, what we're trying to do is make good decisions based on 
numerous data points. And for Emmanuel Sanders, he has a lot of data points working in his favor. Okay, we're not trying to project his points for the week. We're trying to make think about just when you make a day to day decision, you want to weigh the pros and cons. And then at the end of the day, you know, you're going to make the, the best decision that you can make. And sometimes the decision doesn't work out. And, you know, but over the course of time, if you're making decisions based on more pros than cons, you're probably going to get have a, a higher hit rate. And with Emmanuel Sanders, here's a lot of factors working in his favor. First of all, Case Keenum is 14 of 15 passing for 231 yards, 15.4 mm-hmm. yards per attempt when targeting Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders runs 71% of his routes in the slot. The Ravens slot cornerback, Tavon Young, who I still like as a prospect, but he's coming off a torn ACL, and no surprise, he's gotten off to a slow start this season. He's allowed, uh, he's been targeted eight times this year. He's allowed seven completions for 93 yards and two touchdowns. AJ Green hit him real hard last week. Emmanuel Sanders is the best player in the Broncos offense right now. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's like a, I, I don't, I don't think that's in any doubt. Uh, and Case Keenum knows that. And that's why their completion rate has been so high. And I do not think that the, the Broncos are going to be able to go to Baltimore, especially with CJ Mosley. Looks, looks like he's going to play. I do not think that the Broncos are going to be able to go to Baltimore in, at a 1 PM Eastern time game all the way across the country and better run the ball on that team, I think they're going to have to throw it, and Emmanuel Sanders is going to be their best option. Yeah, when you look at the targets on the Broncos roster right now, 21 for Demarius Thomas, 15 for Emmanuel Sanders, 13 to Cortland Sutton. But the efficiency that Sanders has compared to the efficiency of the other ones, I mean, only 11 catches in those 21 for Demarius Thomas, only four catches in the 13 for Cortland Sutton, as you said, 14 of 15 for Emmanuel Sanders. And again, I mean... It, it once it's a pattern, I mean, we have to roll with it, right? It was like this with Case Keenum with Minnesota with Adam Thielen in the slot or wherever else they would line up in the slot because they would move him outside at times. And now we know it's Emmanuel Sanders this year. It just makes sense. Evan, let's move to Deshaun Watson. Like, we know that there would be regression, but when I watch Deshaun Watson play so far just in two weeks, Evan, it's just amazing to me. And I know they didn't have the resources, a first or second round pick, I guess. But it's just amazing to me how little that team tried to upgrade the offensive line after dealing Dwayne Brown last year. So I'm guessing that you weren't big on the Chantrell Henderson acquisition or the uh, Zach Fulton or the (laughs) Senio. Why don't we just go sign the seventh offensive lineman from every other team in the NFL and just piece together a starting unit? Yeah, sounds great, right? It's essentially what they did. And look. You know they have strengths. There, there are they have strengths. They're, they have obviously started zero and two. I think they win this week and they'll be one and two. But there's no question they have the worst offensive line in the league. And when you combine the bad offensive line play with Deshaun Watson's penchant for holding the ball in the pocket, okay, look, there are quarterbacks. Every quarterback's different. Quarterbacks have strengths and weaknesses. Okay, Andrew Luck is a guy that holds the ball for too long in the pocket. And he exacerbated the problems uh, of the offensive line in Indianapolis. I mean, you can't absolve him of, of, of blame for taking a ton of sacks and hits in Indianapolis. 
He's a playmaker quarterback. That's what he does. I think if you talk to Andrew Luck personally, he would admit that. I think he actually has said that publicly. Deshaun Watson is kind of similar in that same vein, although his offensive line, I think, is worse than anything that Andrew Luck has ever played behind. Ooh. Yeah. And he also has a tendency to drop his eyes a little bit. And we've, we've yep. always seen – we've seen this with a lot of quarterbacks. We've seen it lead to quarterback failure. Christian Ponder, a great example. Uh, but with Deshaun Watson, sometimes he'll drop his eyes and then he'll bring him back up because he's – and he'll work his way out of trouble because he really does have a great feel, I think, inside the pocket. He'll work his way out of trouble and he'll bring his eyes back up and, hey, Will Fuller is sailing down the right sideline. <laughs> You know, with seven yards of separation, and Deshaun Watson floats a great deep ball, and it's like, you know, that's six. You know, I mean, Deshaun Watson really has a really unique skill set, I think, and it's it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't align with, um, you know, the the, the structured, uh, you know, foundational, um, you know, the the blueprint for for an NFL quarterback. Right. But anyways, I, I'm I'm going off with you know way too much here. So he started his uh, season with back-to-back road games, okay? And the Texans' offensive line got destroyed. And, of course, his penchant for being a playmaker and holding the ball in the pocket and trying to make plays, that has exacerbated the problems. If you look at the the two teams that he has faced, the Patriots and the Titans, if you look at their other games, those defenses got no pressure on the quarterback. But when they faced the Texans, they were like the best – pass rushing unit in the NFL and that may continue over the course of the season like this will be a pass protection unit that spikes the pass rush production of its opponent on a week-to-week basis but again those were road games he's going back home here he's facing a Giants defense that ranks dead last in sacks and quarterback hits will be without Olivier Vernon again their best pass rusher will be without their number two cornerback Eli Apple will replace him with B.W. Webb, who's played for seven NFL teams. Will Fuller is ready to roll. 82% of the snaps last week. DeAndre Hopkins, I think, can just work Janoris Jenkins. Um, I think this is a, a blow-up spot for the Texans' offense. I'm not sure that we'll, we'll you know, ever see Deshaun Watson produce at the rate that he did during that six-game stretch last year, but I think that this is a, a big game spot for him. Let's close it out with, hey, Evan, we've already had some running back injuries. And we're not exactly sure because we're taping this on late, late Thursday night, exactly how these situations will unfold, specifically looking at the Vikings with Latavius Murray and the Eagles with Corey Clement possibly filling in for Jay Ajayi and Darren Sproles injury. But, Evan, it's already the time of year where people you know are are rushing to replace injured running backs on their rosters or they've hung on to these types of players after drafting them outside of round 9, 10, 11, um, and just been waiting to use them. So on either of these situations, or even both, what's your view heading into the weekend? Yeah, it's actually started off as a pretty good zero RB year. Um, yep, for sure. So which many is... RBs have either under, underproduced. I mean, David Johnson looks like a bust Yep. right now. Kareem Hunt really hasn't helped anybody win. Ezekiel Elliott's been okay. He's not really helping you win games. Le'Veon Bell has given you a zero. It, it really has been, um, a, a, you know, Leonard Fournette has hurt you. He's given you seven points. You. Yep. Right. 
it really has been a zero RB year so far. We're two weeks in, so I'm not going to declare it a, a zero RB year. But this frees up, a, you know, a lot of opportunity for other backs, and especially in good offenses. And there are two guys that stand out this week. The first one is Latavius Murray because Dalvin Cook pulled his hamstring late in in overtime against the Packers last year, last week. He called it cramping, but he but Dalvin Cook did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. If we get and there, it, it makes sense really for the Vikings to just hold him out. They're seventeen point favorites at home. You know this Bills team is not going to go into their house and be competitive. Okay, it makes sense for them to put the ball in Dalvin Cook's or in Latavius Murray's belly twenty times in this game. You know, if not more, maybe thirty times. And Latavius Murray, if we get him with Dalvin Cook inactive, he's on every single one of my daily fantasy teams. Corey Clement is not quite as confident of a play because even last week when Jay Ajayi went out, uh, Wendell Smallwood was still involved yep. in the game. And Wendell Smallwood stinks, by the way, Josh. I, you know, I, I think <laughs> you know that. I think Corey Clement is good. I mean, we talk about it all the time. The yeah, NFL good is strong, but yeah. I think that he can be effective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's good. I think he has. He's good in terms of like being a well-rounded player. Mm-hmm. You know, one of these guys that is not special necessarily in and, every, in every and area, and probably elevated in that offense and behind that sure. offensive line. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And they they optimize their play calling. I mean, they're one of the smartest teams Correct. in the NFL, if not the smartest. And this week they are at home against the Colts. Now the Colts might have an underrated defense. Uh, let me ask you this, Josh. Did you watch Darius Leonard before the draft? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Cause, yeah, because he was someone who was at the Senior Bowl as well from South Carolina State, uh, the home of yes. Javon Hargrave as well. Um, yeah, Darius Leonard, you know, some people had compared him to Hassan Reddick in some ways because he was blitzing the passer a little bit, and, but he's already better than Hassan Reddick right now. Yeah, he is. I was listening to um, Greg Cosell's podcast with John Hansen today, and <laughs> Greg Cosell said, Darius Leonard, he's going to be an all-pro. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's off to a really fast start. He's, he's an ubiquitous player. And when I say ubiquitous, I mean he is in on every play. You know, he's like like there have been a couple of players that come to mind that I would term as being ubiquitous, like Sean Lee, you know, in at, at his Luke. peak, he is ubiquitous. Um CJ Mosley, I think, can get there at times. Luke. Um but Darius Leonard has been that through two NFL games and especially in his second NFL game. And I think that this defense actually may be grossly underrated, including by my, by, by me, but Corey Clement in this role where I think that his floor would probably be 15 touches and he might get upwards of 22. They're certainly going to trust him more than Wendell Smallwood. And then the third back would be Josh Adams undrafted rookie out of Notre Dame. I think he's just kind of not, not that great. Shout out I think he's life. okay. Yeah. But they just signed him off the practice squad. But Corey Clement would be in an excellent fantasy position if we get Jay Ajayi and Darren Sproles inactive. Love it. Evan, your matchups column is up on Rotoworld. You know that. I'm just telling the people that. You'll also be joining me on Sunday for Rotoworld Live. Again, that's noon Eastern on Rotoworld's YouTube page and also on the Facebook page. And just after this, we have Rotoback coming up. So stick with us. We spent all summer talking about Draft. We talked to you about Draft.com for multiple weeks heading into the season, but I am here to tell you it is very different 
than any daily fantasy platform you have used so far. Why is it different? Well, there are no salary caps. Instead, on draft, you can play in live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one week, and there's no management. You just set it and forget it. I was in one last week. You pick one quarterback in the style that I was in, two running backs, and two wide receivers slash tight ends. It's a $25 entry, I believe, with 10 or 12 people. And I ended up getting third place and winning 45 bucks. It's that easy. And the best way to sign up is on draft.com slash rotoworld or enter promo code rotoworld. And you can also do this from your app store. Just go and search for draft in your app store. And when you do that, you get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. Again, that is draft.com slash rotoworld or promo code rotoworld. They even have auction drafts if that's your jam. It should be your jam because it's very fun and draft.com is awesome. Again, draft.com slash rotoworld or promo code rotoworld. Patrick, you are here. Pat, I think last week you joked about because Blaine Gabbert wasn't going, excuse me, Marcus Mariota wasn't going to play. So Blaine Gabbert was the starter that Derrick Henry would receive Wildcat snaps. And guess what, Patrick? Five snaps in a row, Derrick Henry was the Wildcat quarterback. I know. I actually tweeted about that uh, I had very seriously suggested the Derrick Henry Wildcat. And uh, it's just good to know I have the ear of someone in the Titans front office. So Yeah. So Mike Malarkey was not a Rotoworld football podcast listener, but Matt LaFleur is. Yeah, no, it's this is Mike Vrabel straight from the top. The uh, floor does what his boss tells him, and that is Derrick Henry Wildcat. So, right, you know, a lot of pub was given to like Lee Jenkins from SI getting hired by the Clippers. Pat, I think it's more important that you, um, you know, change basically the Titans playbook just from the mention and Matt Lafleur listening to this very podcast. I think it would be. I think the Titans need me to become like Lee Jenkins, their in-house storyteller. I feel like. I've done a really good job of telling the Titans a story over the years. Um, you can ask some of their fans who have always loved me. So, uh, yeah, I would I would welcome that opportunity. No, I mean, no that, offense. To because that happened anything. last week, can you put into the existence that Taewon could get like seven, nine, twelve targets this week? No, just eight straight jet sweeps, though. Okay, um, oh, that's, that's good It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. Pat, I am here to discuss your rankings. I like to pick it apart. Each and every week, you know, poke and prod and what you put on the website. And I have four names for you right now. The first one, the golden boy has returned. His name is Carson Wentz. They are playing the Indianapolis Colts. Colts defense that arguably has outperformed their talent, possibly. Either that or we're just underestimating them. Let's put it that way. Um, I, I look at a lot of rankings throughout the week and I see him as quarterback 12, quarterback 13. And you actually have him as quarterback 14 in that same range. Why is he so low on everyone's ranking? Is it, is it just because it's, it's a wait and see approach for, you know, a quarterback coming off a fairly serious injury? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're talking about a guy who just got cleared for contact on Monday and, uh, you know, a huge part of Carson Wentz's 2017 success was his legs. And, you know, I'm sure he's close to hundred percent health, but I mean, it stands to reason that uh, he's not going to be, 100 at least maybe mentally 100 percent in like the running department maybe not ready to trust his legs like we've seen in the past and so you've got that angle and then you know you have the angle of his beat up kind of uncertain supporting cast uh, another week without Alshon Jeffrey uh, potentially Jay Ajayi sitting and uh just yeah I mean it's just kind of everything is this you know kind of screaming wait and see and 
you know, if you're already somehow in a dire situation, a quarterback, which you should not be, you haven't been any injuries or anything like that. Um, uh, then I guess you can start. I mean, the Carson Wentz is, he was going to win the MVP until he got hurt last year. So clearly there's upside, but I just think that, yeah, I mean, I just don't see a compelling reason to force him into my lineup right off the bat is the way I'll put it. Yeah. I, I hear you. And you made a good point about the mobility being a major part of his game because it was, I mean, I think I've said the stat on every single podcast I've done since last season, but his conversion rate and the Eagles conversion rate on third and 10 plus situations was better than half the league's third and anything conversion rate. And a lot of that is because of his mobility, how he could yeah, win like inside people, of structure and outside of structure. People just, I mean, they know Carson Wentz is an athletic quarterback, but I don't think people necessarily think of him that way. Like realize just how big of a part of uh, his game it can be. Yeah. So yeah, just, just what Jordan Matthews doesn't push the needle for you, Pat. Jordan Matthews, his presence could hurt if he's going to force Nelson Aguilar outside. <laughs> so, yeah that's, yeah, that's a good point. Another strike against him. Uh, okay, David Johnson, Pat. Um, David Johnson was most likely the third or fourth overall pick in a lot of people's drafts. Right now, I'm sure almost all those fantasy players don't even want to start David Johnson. Like, they're seriously considering just benching him altogether. On the other hand, Pat, you're you're a very optimistic person. You know, whenever I think about you, I think about rainbows and butterflies and gumdrops, <laughs> okay? And in that same vein, you have David Johnson here as running back six. Not 16, not 60, running back six. You know, the struggle is real. Uh, I thought about benching him for Giovanni Bernard. I was just setting some lineups I would. Uh, for it. Before I came on the podcast, I'm not. I'm going to still bet on talent. Uh, Steve Wilkes's comments this week, you know, they seem to at least understand the problem that they are using David Johnson like dummies uh, instead of using David Johnson like the way he should be used. And they seem to have at least admitted the problem to themselves this week. So counting on at least slightly better usage. And I just, this is the first week. Uh, I just, it's hard to see the Cardinals getting blown out of the building by Mitchell Trubisky's bears. Uh, maybe like the hashtag uh, exotic looks, exotic uh, packages will dazzle the Cardinals defense, but I'm expecting a close competitive game at home in Arizona. And even if it's just all about like sheer force volume, I, I think we'll see David Johnson's most volume this week. I think we'll see uh, his best usage. And uh, yeah, I just think I, I, I understand the thought process of wanting to bench him. I actually do, but I think that uh, you've got to, you've got to wait this one out another week or two and that the, the tide is maybe slowly turning. You hear that train as soon as you ended your statement, Pat, that's a good sign. I know it Reeves and his worksheet pointed out that I think David Johnson averaged 37 routes run, last year per game and this year or 32 routes run per game last year. And this year is 37 total. Yeah. It's is, down to 16 a game, essentially. Or, or Graham, Graham Barfield had that stat and uh, yeah. Uh, ungood is what I would call that. It sounded like you suggested that Steve Wilkes went out and bought the coaching David D- Johnson for dummies book this week and read it. <laughs> he did. No, maybe it is sharp football. Uh, you know, it's something. He's, yeah, fine. Oh, it should you shouldn't just bang this special space back and pass catching back between the tackles. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Now I get it. Um, not to you know make fun of Steve Wilkes too much, but does any coach in the NFL look like they are looking into the abyss more than he does while coaching down point after point after point, quarter after quarter so far this season? 
Yeah, no, because no one is coaching more into the abyss. I, actually, Pat Shermer kind of had that look Sunday night. Yeah, it's like, like what uh, did I get myself into? Pat Shermer was kind of like he had that look, like I just sailed out to sea in a two-person boat with Eli Manning. <laughs> like, uh, and Eli decided to end. swim back. Yeah, yeah, this is not going to end well. Uh, uh, okay, let's keep it going. Um, I don't disagree with your ranking of wide receiver twenty-one for Chris Hogan, Pat, but I. I do think people are going to worry about playing him, playing someone like Philip Dorsett because of just the name of Josh Gordon being on the roster now and most likely being active. But, and I'm not trying to lead you into an answer here, Pat, but on, I mean, you could think of it as Josh Gordon's presence might even help someone like Chris Hogan and help a Rob Gronkowski. It could. Yeah. I mean, obviously Josh Gordon's the special kind of player who he could come in and just make an instant, like insane impact. But we've seen this over and over again with the Patriots where that just doesn't happen. Like with this complex playbook, uh, you know, he's barely practiced the past few weeks Uh, very, you, you would think he's going to be on a snap count. And like you said, if he's out there, then he will occupy attention. It could be good for Chris Hogan and, this Alliance secondary been struggled majorly the first two weeks. And now Darius Slay is concussed. And I think it sets up as like a, a sneaky, good uh, set. Not maybe not sneaky, just a good setup for Chris Hogan after he kind of shook off a slow week one start with two touchdowns. And you know, Josh Gordon, uh, he, he at least in 2013, he was a special player. I think we still think he's a special talent. But you have all the offenses for him to come in and, you know, just to make an immediate like every snap, 10 to 12 target impact, you know, the Patriots uh, might be like at the bottom of the list. That's just not how they operate. So uh, it could become a real problem for Chris Hogan and, and like in the very near future, but I just don't see it happening this week. Before we get to the last name, I want to remind all of you that we have Grotor Road Live this Sunday, noon Eastern. I have tweeted out the link. We will tweet out the link through the weekend and right before the show. Uh, you are the backbone of the show. We are here to answer your questions. So, Again, noon Eastern, Road Road Live on YouTube, on Facebook, all those good places. Pat, let's close it out with, I mean, it, this is just, like, I almost didn't want to say this name to you because I felt like it'd be putting you on the spot too much. Honestly, I think you're setting yourself for failure here, Pat. Corey Davis is wide receiver 42. I'm setting myself up for failure for a guy with a history of hamstring issues already battling kind of a bum hamstring potentially catching passes from Blaine. I actually, I don't know if it'd be worse for Corey Davis to be catching passes from Blaine Gabbard or Marcus Mariota this week uh, against Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye and uh, the Jags is elite secondary. Uh, Corey Davis is a player. I still want to bet on long-term, but yeah, his near-term short-term setup just is not looking too hot, Josh. And uh, I think we're kind of like, I think maybe last week his line was something like, what five catches 42 yards i think that's kind of speaking of abysses i think that's just kind of the blaine gabbert mariota injured mariota uh cory davis abyss we are staring into right now yeah the uh, the only reason i I bring his name up is because i mean he still has one of the highest target market shares but he does i mean so does quincy and nunwa and we're not like forcing quincy and i am i'm 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 starting quincy in almost every lineup i have him um hopefully this is airing after the jets game so hopefully uh, <laughs> uh one of us one of us will, will look uh exposed uh when this comes out with quincy and Nunwa. by the way i've got quincy and Nunwa ranked as a wide receiver three but uh there's there's always every year there's receivers who make their names in like sheer volume like kind of like a sterling shepherd kind of thing and it's right now i, I think 
Davis is just kind of looking like a volume only guy, like not really going to get a chance in getting like these short little targets against this like elite defense. I just don't think it's, he's got a tough road to a big day is the way I look at it. Pat, I love you. Um, I love you too, Josh. Thank you. I'll talk to you on Sunday, Rotor Live, and thank you all out there for listening. Again, you can check out Pat's rankings over at rotoworld.com. He updates them throughout the weekend. He's grinding on his computer all weekend, my friends. Um, Pat, talk to you on Sunday. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll talk to you all soon. See ya. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.